Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media, where we go at the bloodstream and then bump into an angry bunny. That's right. <laughs> it's One Media, One Media. I am Takeshi, and with me, I'm Santos. And today, we're going to talk about Sells Out Work. And it is such a weird little series. The genre is biology and comedy, which is very true. And it's Sells Out Work Explanation Point. It was written by Akane Shimizu, and it was originally released the first um, season, or manga, which is called Cells at Work Bacteria. No, no, no. There's so many. <laughs> okay, so the original one was released, let's see here, January 26th of 2015, and it's still going on. It's five volumes. And then in May 2017, they released Cells at Work Bacteria, which was released in May 17th, 20, I mean, May 2017, and that's seven volumes. And then there is another one called Cells Not at Work. Oh my God. And they even have different authors. For the love of God. Okay. No, no, they don't. And that was released July 26th of 2017, and that is three volumes. And then there's another one called Cells at Work Black Code, and that was released in June 17th of 2018, and that one is seven volumes. And then there's a anime, which we're going to talk about, and that was released in January 8th of 2018 and it's still going on it's 13 episodes there is a light novel that was released in july 12th 2018 and then there's another one called sells out work and friends which is another manga which was released january 12th 2019 and there's four volumes oh my god that makes me happy i what about the anime well, you said it's still going? Yep, it's still going. So what did I watch? Well, you watched the original anime. Yeah, Okay, first. Not done yet. There's another manga <laughs> called Sells at Work Platelets. Ooh, the babies. Yeah, and that one was released uh, May 25th of 2019 and it's still going. And then there's another one called Sells at Work Baby, which that one is October 17th of 2019 and that one's two volumes <sighs> and then there's another one called sells at work lady 
and that was released January 22nd, 2020, and still going, and that one's only one volume so far. And then there's an anime film, I think that's just a movie, and that one was released September 5th of 2020. And then... Wait, what's the film called? Just, oh boy. Is it Cells at Work, one of the... Here, I'm going to have to put this one through the translator. (laughs) I want to know if it's got like a different topic. I'm not sure. Hold on here. Uh... That's the um, title. Does it have an English translation? Not yet. (laughs) And then there is another anime series called Cells at Work Code Black, which we haven't seen it yet. And it's scheduled to release in January 9th of 2021. There's, yeah, so there's a lot of spinoffs of this. I wouldn't really worry about content in general. There's also a video game on the Android and iPhone. There's a play a play. <sighs> yeah, there's so much. I guess they just took this and just ran with it. <laughs> it sounds great. I was worried there would only be that one series. No, I, <laughs> I think you're good, <laughs> Elaine. Like, is there going to be more? Yes, there's been more. <laughs> <laughs> we are good on this. Drop in the bucket of cells at work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for <experienced>. sure. <laughs> exactly. Do you think if we read all of the volumes, we would be like getting our bachelor's in like biology. That's what I'm thinking. You think it would count? <laughs> Can we be pre-med after this experience? I hope so. I, I mean, think we should. I think we should try. Right. We can try to apply to medical schools and then be like, what's your background? And we'll be like, cells at work. You <laughs> <laughs> learn so much. You do. That's what's so funny about it. it to me, it kind of has a weird humor and the quickness of devil's a part-timer in a sense but it takes us no it doesn't take itself that serious either it just seems like it's kind of serious but the way to explain this series you know how in general when you have one of those really deep thoughts while driving or smoking a bunch of weed or being a really high on something or whatever You have this thought that what if the earth and we are just living on this body because the earth is so small and the universe is the rest of this body or whatever. What if we're cells in this body and we're just running through it? I know everybody has had that thought at least one time (laughs) or another. It's not just me. I know for a fact it's not just me. (laughs) <laughs> That's so funny. I was just thinking it made me think of like the magic school bus. Oh. A little bit. Like, because I was going to say, like, is this like a genre? Like, you know, like, what would the genre be? And when you said it's biology and comedy, I'm like, oh, I guess it makes sense. Like, yeah, exactly. biology can be funny. So yeah. it's like, that's that. But yeah, this idea of like being inside my body. Yeah. So it's the idea of the red and white and black T cells and everything are actual humans and they're kind of going through the bloodstream in the body to keep it alive. And that's like the world. And it follows 
a red blood cell who is a complete klutz, and that is AE3803. And she always seems like she's getting into a lot of trouble. And then there is this neutrophil, uh, U1146, and he is a white blood cell. And I guess he's always been kind of protecting her in some way throughout her life. And, or it's, yeah, it gets a little bit deep there. But the funny thing is they portray like the germs, the bacteria, like these weird creatures from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They're really cheesy looking and they look really, really goofy and they have like this weird modulated voice that they use and it's so over exaggerated but it's great that's what i love about this series yes i love like when the female like bacteria or viruses they have that laugh like that really maniacal <laughs> laugh that comes up yeah it's right. so good and then i was also thinking like it's kind of a gory show but it's not like i'm not a fan of gore and stuff like that but this it's just so silly and over the top it's campy. So the white blood cells are part of our immune system. And so like their job is to kill off viruses and bacteria. And so he's always kind of dripping in blood. <laughs> he's killing and attacking. Yeah. Like in these heat viruses. Stroke, where he has to kill that one bacteria. And at the end they show like all this blood just flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like dripping down his face. And like you said, the red blood cells, like she's like new, like was just trained. And so she's new and she doesn't, she gets lost a lot. So, but it, it's so cute. The red blood cells carry like oxygen and nutrients through the body. So it's like, she always has her little package of oxygen or <laughs> like a cart or something. So you are just looking at like a, the, the day in the life of the work, what cells do like, like their work life, but it's like made into like how we would understand it, I guess. Yeah, and then the way they actually explain certain things, it will pause the show for a second to give the definition of the xenocinophils or something, or xenocinophils. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly right now. But they'll give a small explanation, and they'll go, boom, xenocinophil. It's so yes. funny. It's so good. Like they'll just, yeah, they do pause it. So it makes it kind of fun in that way too. Or it's different bacteria and viruses will be explained and, and exactly what they do, like the cells or different parts of the body. Yeah. I like that narrator voice. That's oh God, it's so good. And there are reactions on YouTube of actual doctors watching that show too. So I do recommend it. I haven't seen them yet, but I think it's going <gasps> to be pretty cool. funny to watch. I was wondering, cause I was watching it and I was like, I've only taken one anatomy and physiology class. I learned stuff, but it wasn't like a typical one. It was more of integrative health one. So we didn't have to memorize every single thing. It was more of an overview. And I was like, would this have helped me through that class? <laughs> I'm not sure. I was on whining with nurses, explain my situation with my cataracts. Mm. And I was going to talk about this anime, but at the end of it, I was so jacked up on caffeine and telling my story that I forgot to tell them, check this one out and see what you think. I was going to ask you to do that. I was like, oh, I wonder what whining with nurses would think about this. <laughs> like, I think it's think hilarious. Interesting. So we'll have to. Tell them to do it and then bring them on and we'll have a special. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, a crossover special. I, I would love to have more crossovers with the other shows. Mm -hmm. So everyone should 
also some whining with nurses. The two of us might be on one called Conversation 5C. So we'll see. Oh. Yeah. I just kind of curious what the actual medical uh, department, say nurses and doctors, would think of this. Would they think of it as a joke? It is very lighthearted in the end. Yeah, it's fun. And you might think, oh, I don't want to learn about blood cells and the immune system and things like that. But it still has like the classic kind of anime story of like, you know, kind of like a cute lost girl who's trying real hard (laughs) and like has her whole heart into her job. And then like the boy that kind of looks out for her. And yeah, like you said, like there's villains, but then there's also like different friendships amongst like the killer T cells and Oh my goodness. I don't know. Like they create like the drama in there too. So it's kind of fun to see that. Right. I agree. I liked it a lot. I really did. And I'm happy to hear there might be more (laughs) to watch. (laughs) A ton more. So it seems. (laughs) Do you have a favorite episode? Oh my God. There's so many. I do like the heat stroke episode. (laughs) I thought that one was kind of funny. And then the cancer cell episode. That one was good. And the flu, the influenza. Uh, oh my God. It's like a zombie attack or something. I love how they portrayed the antibiotics as this robot that comes out. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. And then I also like the one where there's um, a blood transfusion. So there's all these new red blood cells. Right. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> they were like, we were somewhere and then we were frozen. <laughs> Now we're here. <laughs> a different accent and right. stuff. It was just funny. Oh my God. That was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had cowboy hats and they had different accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it does make you laugh out loud. And I feel like you do learn a little something if you can take it in. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice now. So when I first found it, I didn't know what it was going to be about. I thought it was just going to be some lame action anime thing. So I watched the first episode and I told Santos to check it out too. I was like, well, check it out. Tell me what you think. Of course, you approved. Yes. And after that, I watched it within a day. (laughs) It's a really fast watch. I kind of like dragged it out, but it's easy. It's like they kind of... Do a good job of it being very like story per episode, but then there's like the characters are interesting enough that it has a bigger arching story to it. Right. I agree. I would say check it out. I would say check it out too. And then let's figure out if we can get medical degrees for watching it. (laughs) If anything is going to help us out with, Mm -hmm. yeah, that. We can now give medical consultations. No, I'm kidding. Okay, we'll be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. 
It's a place I like to call The Bleed. We sip our cares away And you can do the same Cause you're in a safe place When you're whining with nurses Hey podcast fans, I'm Jeff Davis. Through the safety of your earbuds, Bluetooth speaker, or car stereo, join me as I venture out on the wine road. Aiden offers up practical and helpful tips to help you live a more joyful life. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed on a whim on a lonely Wednesday. Storygram Network. We are back, and we're going to talk about Mr. Bungle. Uh, let me look it up really quick. <laughs> I know it. The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. Demos. Demo. <laughs> oh, yeah, demo. And this is their first album in over 20 years. It was released October 30th of 2020. It was recorded at Studio 606. And the cool thing about it, when they got back together, they enlisted a new drummer, and that was Dave Lombardo. He's of Slayer fame, and also Scott Ian, and he is known for Anthrax. I guess they had a bunch of old demos in 86 that they never released, and they'd only play live. And they decided, well, f- we've never recorded this. We might as well make a good recording of it now that we have like one of the world's best drummers in here. So it is definitely thrash metal to its core. And that's what I really do like about it. It is completely different from any of their other albums. I'm not sure if you listen to any of their other albums, Santos, but yeah, there is one I listened to a lot and I can't remember the name of it, but so I knew more of the experimental right. kind of side of it though even that album there's hints of metal in it like there's always like a harder sound yeah but this is just that like it's like it's just oh boy and it is heavy and one of the youtube artists that i always follow which is the needle drop he didn't like it much and i was really really (gasps) surprised i mean he's really in the metal and He's all over the place. He won't just stick to one genre because he reviews about five to six albums a week. So he did a quick group of different new albums that came out that month, and he mentioned Mr. Bungle, and he didn't like it at all. What about it? He just said it was just unimaginative, and I think he also said it was just too metal. It's not like Mr. Bungle in any way, shape, or form. And I was like, well, this is their demo, so how could it not be? I feel like this is their foundation sound, because like I said, it shows up in their other albums. And I love that. I just thought it was so cool, because when you start out as an artist in any type of art form, from dance to music to painting, you have these big ideas of what you want to do. And it doesn't always work quite out because your technique hasn't built. So I just thought it was really cool to go back to like early stuff with their technique, you know, like they're seasoned musicians at this point, and then bringing in like legendary (laughs) musicians to help complete this dream of like their young arts, like musician selves. I just think it's like that whole concept is really cool to me. It's like, wow, definitely. this is how they probably always wanted it to sound, but maybe couldn't have gotten there. 
at the time of the original creation. Right. You're very right about that. And I guess this demo or their original demo is what they shopped for quite a while within different labels. And at the time, I guess the labels weren't ready for their weird kind of rock metal. They were more into that serious metal and like Metallica or even Anthrax or Slayer. So no one would sign them until Mike Patton, I think, joined Faith No More. And then they're like, well, we got to get his other side projects going on. I believe I'm not, I don't know if I'm right, but I think that's how it worked out. And then they signed Mr. Bungle. So I really liked it. I liked it the minute I heard it. There's a classic sound to it. It's like, this is metal and it's done really well. So exactly. I thought it was incredible. I was like, wow, I haven't heard metal like this in such a long time. Because it is very thrashy, it's very gritty sounding, and God, those drums are f- tight as f- <laughs> uh, I started listening to it and I sent Takeshi a text with just like heart eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is great. I just like was sitting next to this speaker. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I just love the the technical skills out of them all. And Mike Patton still sounds good. Mm-hmm. Even in his fifties, it just, I guess his voice didn't weaken at all. <laughs> Maybe he's taken very good care of it. <laughs> right. I mean, some artists out there um, who were on top of the world at one point, Axl Rose, he just sounds like a cracked out Mickey Mouse now. It's very mm-hmm. depressing. Have you heard Axl lately? He didn't take care of his voice. I don't know what happened. He lost the rasp. Mm, Completely lost the rasp. It's probably one of the most depressing things ever, especially when Guns N' Roses was totally in our lives in our teenage years, maybe even before. And he was kind of almost like a Robert Plant of our era. And now he just doesn't have the voice for it. Mm. And he still does it, though. So. Oh, and that's what's sad. It's like you have to shift. <laughs> you can't do the same yeah. songs when your voice is ruined. Or you just have to, as a fan, just appreciate the person, I guess. Yeah. And amazingly, somehow Mike Patton just can't still do it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. And maybe he just had a better range. You know, like a natural yeah. range. And I don't know what he does. Yeah, Mike Patton is just all over the place. He has so many side projects. It's completely unreal. And the other people in Mr. Bungle, too. Right? Yeah. There's a core group that's the same, but then they right. travel with different, or they used to travel with different musicians. Or And he is 52. So to be able to scream like that still to this day is pretty incredible. 
inspiring. So Very I wish inspiring. that Needle Drop person would re-listen to. Maybe he needs the context. I actually sent him a tweet going, I disagree with you. I think this album's amazing. Okay, I'll admit, at times, it just sounds like you're getting driven in the head with metal. Mm-hmm. But if you're in it for a thrashy metal album, then with a, like some weird 90s cynicism in it, this is it. You know, you're right. It's not something I would say like, well, I'm going to listen to this every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like my go-to album at this point because I don't need that kind of aggressive sound all the time. Right. But it's something I really enjoyed and I know I can go to. I agree. Okay, so I want to go through one of my favorite songs, yeah. which is Anarchy Up Your Anus. Courageous person, afraid of nothing. High on a hilltop near your home, there stands a dilapidated old mansion. Some say the place is haunted, but you don't believe in such myths. One dark and stormy night, a light appears in the topmost window in a tower of the old house. You decide to investigate, and you never return. Yeah, that is a tight-sounding song. I do not love that. It's so good. Yeah, I think I already mentioned it, but I just like how it brings you back to that 90s sound, that kind of sarcastic, Mm kind of thrashy uh, sound. It's like, I don't give a about anything 90s kind of feeling to it. Yeah, I yeah. I there's a tone it. and an attitude to it that I really like. Maybe I like better than maybe like what you would say like traditional metal bands <laughs> might have. Where sometimes I get tired of like hardcore stuff. It just sounds like they're taking themselves too seriously and they're just talking about Satan and I don't care. So it's like too silly. That's like it becomes silly to me. Yeah. Whereas this has more of an edge to it that I appreciate. Right, right. Other bands do kind of take after them too. After you know, five to ten years later. But they are kind of the first bands to kind of do this weird experimental metal ska thing where it's not serious in any way. And that's what I really respect about Mr. Bungle. Mm -hmm. What is one of your favorite songs on here? I liked Hypocrites or Habla Espanol or Muerde or Speak (laughs) Spanish or Die. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's that one funny part. Okay. Here we go.
You see, that has the hint of what Mr. Bungle became. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's so interesting about this album. Like, this is their first music, but they're playing it this much later. So then it's this interesting retrospective. Yeah, they used to play these songs live, but everybody was like, where the f*** did this come from? Oh. Yeah, I got to see him live about 20 years ago, I guess. In How 90- was it? Oh, God, it was so amazing. I saw him for like, I think it was like 10 or $20 in, at the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma. I just sat there on a half pipe watching him. <laughs> it was funny because the way people were yelling at him back then, they were calling him Mike Patton a sellout because I was during the time of you can't be on a mainstream label and you know the 90s it things have changed so much <laughs> and so they'd say all this shit to him like hey rock star and he would just do all this weird shit. he had all these little vocal processors right up front and he'd be doing all this weird scatting or whatever the hell it was and Hi. It was so good. And then the rest of the band were wearing uh, Hawaiian shirts with sunglasses (laughs) and they had the umbrellas up above them. And it was really, really funny. And I still remember it to this day. I was like, what the I got to see them live again. And when they were going to do their reunion tour, which this was supporting, of course, COVID came around. And then unfortunately, the tickets were so expensive that I had to not buy a ticket to see them. Well, and because there was only a few shows, right? Yeah. Like really limited amount of shows. Yeah. But I think the tickets were at least 180 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's always. before the whole entire weird Ticketmaster tax. And it was at these small, small places. So they were supposed to play two days in a row, I think, at the Warfield. Was it like February and then COVID hit? Yeah. Like they played one show and. I think that's what happened. I really wanted to go, but. That would have been cool. Yeah. I have like a braggy story because being in the Bay Area and around lots of musicians, I got to meet one of the people on Mr. Bungle. Which one? Trey, who does Secret Chiefs 3. Okay. Because I knew a musician who was collaborating with him for that side. Because they all have side projects. So that side project. And I got to hear about how much he liked the Beach Boys. So it made me laugh when you said they were all wearing Hawaiian shirts. (laughs) Okay. So he's the other guitarist in uh, Mr. Bungle. He was at the show that I saw. Yeah. Super nice. So that was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, there was all these funny rumors. and st- Because Mr. Bungle used to play over in Northern California all the time and throughout Sacramento. And I heard this story when I lived in Sac. And it makes sense now because I guess they're more straight edge. They didn't do a lot of drugs back then. And they're from Eureka. So they showed up at the party and they did the dishes in the kitchen and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like such a urban legend because I have friends who were there when it happened, but people don't want to believe that they showed up, they did this thing, and then they left. And I was like, in the back of my head, that sounds like there's something that Mr. Bungle would do. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, <laughs> go team. Yes. I love the fact, I mean, I already mentioned this, that... <laughs> Dave Lombardo is in this band. And you could tell. And Scotty in, of course, but mm-hmm. so it has that's that what more gives effect. it like 
the sound they probably this tightness like, yeah anchors it in this really cool way the sound right the funny thing about Dave Lombardo after he got fired from Slayer in the mid 2000s or whatever over money he was the touring drummer for the Misfits when they did their reunion tour Dave Lombardo <laughs> Wow. One, I didn't know he was fired. And then two, or is it like just a dispute, like a falling out? They let him go because oh. he was trying to figure out how, why they were getting paid so little at each show. And they were going to talk to his accountant and lawyer. this whole entire silly story. Uh-huh, so. That sucks. Does he do other side, different small projects? Like, oh, yeah. Definitely. Kind of cool to be the guest drummer on these different things. <laughs> the misfits? So. The f- misfits <laughs> it's like bringing a ferrari to a <laughs> well, maybe he just wanted an easy tour <laughs> it's like yeah oh. i mean he could probably do that half awake <laughs> with one hand tied behind his back maybe he's friends with them yeah so, like doing them a favor we could bring dave lombardo over <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to do this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he's in his mid fifties and I guess some drummers age differently in their dexterity. Yeah. Do you get some sort of like repetitive stress syndrome? I bet you do. And it's, some you know, drummers, hands. especially one of the world's most well-known metal drummer, I'm not going to say his, well, I don't care. Lars Ulrich. When you listen to him play, the Metallica songs nowadays, he's not doing too well. Like his timing's off? Oh, yeah. Jay, he's just getting tired out? He doesn't really care as much either. Where I think Dave Lombardo still practices every day, where, and where Lars is, he knows he's not going to get kicked out of Metallica. He is, <laughs> you know, he is pretty much a songwriter. He started getting, um, Soft. Um, yeah, I know. I would imagine drumming's. It's got to like be tough full, when you get older. Really, a lot of energy. Especially doing the music that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he just um, does it so effortless. So, is there any other songs that you want to mention, or do you think the two are good? Let's or see, those two are really good. I played this album while I was cooking one day. <laughs> I did. I make ah. Uh, did I make a dessert or something? I put it on my story on Instagram. I was like, oh, and you can hear the oh, soundtrack, funny. my kitchen soundtrack, like my cooking soundtrack. <laughs> so I think I put the song Glutton for Punishment on that.
Yes. It's sad to say that there's probably never going to be another band like Mr. Bungle, and everybody should cherish them. Yes, everyone should look into it. It's just fun. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so you could find me at all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. Even LinkedIn. Even LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to keep asking And you can find me on Instagram under Sister Santos. All right. Well, see you next week. 